Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. To the Swimmer by County Cullen. Now, as I watch you, strong of arm and endurance, battling and struggling with the waves that rush against you, ever with invincible strength returning, into my heart, Grown each day more tranquil and peaceful, comes a fierce longing of mind and soul that will not be appeased until, like you, I breast yon deep and boundless expanse of blue. With an outward stroke of power intense, your mighty arm goes forth, cleaving its way through waters that rise and roll, ever a ceaseless vigil keeping over the treasures beneath. My heart goes out to you of dauntless courage and spirit indomitable, and though my lips would speak, my spirit forbids me to ask, is your heart as true as your arm? Welcome to Cop On Podcast, you fruity, inspirational flapjack. Thank you very much for listening. You can mute us on Twitter, at Cop On Podcast. Send us your cat vid- videos to coponpodcast at gmail.com. Support us on patreon.com forward slash Podcast, Or by simply slipping a note into your baker's apron pocket when he is not looking will help. Spread the word. Here is today's episode. I really hope you enjoy it. Thank you once again. Oh, and Happy New Year. They say there is no magic in the cup. And I'm a little bit inclined to agree with them because had we lost yesterday, I would not have given half a monkey's um, I wouldn't have even given a quarter of a monkey's or a monkey's fingernail because it's just the cup. But then, on the other hand, um, we, we've just been talking, I've been talking with, with Doug, who's, who I'm really happy has joined, has joined us, and, and Brian, who I'm equally delighted has joined us. And um, Doug was saying, I didn't know because I'd been watching a Meryl Streep film with my mum uh, about Julia Child, which I recommend to everybody if you want something non-football related. It's very light entertainment. It's what we need at this time. Um, but yes, Doug, uh, apparently Everton are, are rubbish again. Um, and Chorley have beaten Wayne Rooney's Derby County 2-0. Um, Doug, after Aston Villa's Lucky youngsters, um, you know, caused a lot of um, angst amongst certain uh, people in the Liverpool fan base, uh, especially at half-time yesterday. Is there still magic in the cup, Doug? Um, well, I've always been... Uh, I, I've, I've always loved the cup. Um, obviously, growing up in the, you know, the 1990s, it's, it's always been a thing that I... Like, I always look out for the FA Cup whenever the... You know that the the fixtures come out for that. Um, I still think there is magic in the cup. Obviously, we've we've seen today that you know Charlie beat um, Derby County, albeit it was Derby County's young under twenty threes and eighteens. 
Um, you know, Rotherham taking Everton to you know extra time as well, which was absolutely fantastic for you know Rotherham, but unlucky to you know lose out in the end. But for me, there's still there's still magic in the cup, and uh, I I as I've said, um, I know you said that you wouldn't you wouldn't have cared if we went out yesterday, but again, you know, Jurgen Klopp doesn't go past the fifth round uh, in the FA Cup usually, so it'd be interesting to see if we can actually you know make a wee a wee cup run of it, but um, but yeah, I, I I still think there is there is magic in the in the FA Cup, and uh, and hopefully we'll see uh, some some upsets today at some point. It's a lovely answer. Um, yeah, it doesn't mean that much to me because it's like I mean it would be great if we can win it, and there's one thing. Um, that is a sort of, you know, a, an ambition that's constantly there in the back of my mind is to win a treble. Of course, we have done under Joe Fagan of the League Cup, European Cup and League, but we've never done the FA Cup, Premier League and European Cup. And I would love to do that. Um, yeah, so there is that. But um, I just think it's only good in that sort of context. And, you know, it's great if you win it. But if you go out... It's almost equally as good to me to get a break, like from the League Cup nonsense that was midweek, you know, players can have a rest. Where do you stand on it, Brian? How important is the FA Cup to you? Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, it's, it kind of pains me to say this, but I, I'm kind of, I'm in your camp, unfortunately. Um, I, think, I think it's a sign of how big of a club uh you are when the fa cup becomes like an afterthought or maybe it's just a sign of the time times you know the fact that staying in the premiership is the be all and end all for all teams and uh really the the the, the top clubs uh, have a complete focus on the champions league and uh winning winning the title um i mean it the the magic hasn't gone for me in the fact that i like to watch the fa cup i like to watch all the rounds i like to watch other teams playing the fa cup especially teams from the lower divisions i i love that um but when we play um it always feels like um i don't know I just dread our team going out there and just, you know, some some centre-back from Rotherham cutting uh, Thiago in half again. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, it's, like, it'd be nice. it's one of those things, the closer you get to the to the, the semi-finals and the quarter-finals, etc., the more important it becomes. But at this stage, uh, it's, you know, football's great. It's nice to have it there, but it's not, the only things that really matter for me is 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 getting another title and winning another European Cup. I'm 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 in a hundred percent agreement. Um, it's just a bonus. It's like uh, you know you can sell the Lamborghini if you're a car dealer, and um, you know you get the Christmas bonus and that. No, hang on. No, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, Doug. Um, um, I, the, yesterday's match, uh, we played Villa. I mean, we we can also talk about Southampton because this is the first cop on since uh, the Southampton. I mean, before Southampton, before the loss, the horrible loss to Southampton that just had me too glum to make a review of it because I was just feeling glum. Uh, but yesterday's match, it made me feel uh, better. I enjoyed it even when we were losing. Uh, 
not losing at half time, but effectively losing when you're playing a team with an average age of 18.3 or whatever it was. Um, you know, even at half time, even when Villa scored, I was happy for the lad who scored, Larry Barry, whatever his name is. Um, and. But then I want to start talking about that match. When we start talking about that match, I want to start in reverse with the man of the match who was clearly Thiago Alcantara. And this is a genuine question because I think he's that good. Could we win that treble that I was talking about before of FA Cup, Champions League and Premier League if Thiago Alcantara stays fit? I think it's quite possible, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, we we saw yesterday that I think I think we, the thing the thing is I said I said this to a couple of people last night and I said this on my channel last night. I felt we were very pedestrian in the first half in the, in the midfield. Just something wasn't clicking um, yesterday. And you know what? Um, Thiago comes on at uh, half time for for Henderson. Hopefully the Henderson thing is a precaution. I would imagine it would be. Um, and Thiago just changed the game for me. Um, you know, so so many good uh, so many good passes. I mean, I think there was maybe a couple of passes that went astray, but you, to have a player like Thiago Alcantara in our midfield is absolutely fantastic. And you know, the guy uses class. Um, you know, even even I would say you know Shakiri came on as well, and he kind of changed the game as well. And he gets two assists in the space of you know seven minutes, I think it was as well. So. I think, look, I think I think if Thiago does stay fit, then you know he's the key to unlock defenses. I think, and he's so so important for for us as well. Um, I I would say that it is very possible that we could actually do the FA Cup, Champions League, and Premier League if Thiago if Thiago stays fit. He has to be a starter against Manchester United next Sunday. Has to be. Well, we can only hope that he's fit. Um, it's all down to the fitness. It's all down to the sports science people. They can't afford to get it wrong um, like they arguably have done for, for, for players like Matip and, and Henderson who keep getting recurring injuries and Naby Keita who keep getting recurring injuries. Um, we've got this new guy on board, Dr. I can't remember his name, is the, the, the German guy who's head of fitness and, and stuff. Um, you might be able to hear there's a storm and there's there are various vehicles driving past. Don't worry about that. And also don't worry about me getting distracted and going off on tangents because I've had a lot of coffee today. Um, but yes, you mentioned Shaq, you mentioned lots of things there. Um, you also mentioned Henderson, was it uh, an injury, was it a precaution? Jurgen Klopp said, uh, and I quote, there is no injury problem. Um, Hendo and Thiago, it was clear before the game that we do it like this for 45 and 45. So this was a pre-planned thing. And watching Thiago go, Brian, was like... Um, watching an expert clockmaker, one could even one could even liken it to a god uh, creating a universe. Or am I going a little bit overboard? No, it's completely apt. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, I was saying to something recently. Uh, it just reminds me of. I had a massive man crush on Benitez. He was my manager. I couldn't imagine Liverpool with any other manager. And uh, and then Jurgen Klopp came along. And with each successive game and press conference, uh, my love for, for Benitez didn't, uh, didn't diminish, 
but it, it, it Klopp made it okay, and I found myself a new, a new, a new love to uh, to pour all my adoration in. And Thiago, for me, is a bit like that with Xabi Alonso. There'll never be another Xabi Alonso until there was Thiago, and uh, and I'm like, I didn't like, I didn't really, I I haven't seen an awful lot of Thiago play uh, over the past years. I caught a game or two, but I didn't realize just how good he is and he comes on and within seconds he gets the ball looks up and just nonchalantly pings the ball across the pitch he's like right i'm gonna make shit happen immediately i am obviously the best player on this pitch by a fucking country mile he must say that every single time he goes out there he definitely plays like he believes that and yeah he's just amazing he makes he makes it so obvious just how bloody good he is and and for a small guy he he can get up off off the off the ground uh you know his heading is is really quite surprising but yeah no look if if we have him yeah if we have him for the rest of the season um god he must put the fear of life in opposition teams, managers, because when he's on the pitch, the ball can end up anywhere on a dime within a second. And he's one of those intelligent players that he just sees space. He sees runs. He just, he knows, he, he, he makes players do the right thing. He doesn't, he makes the decision for them. He puts the ball where he thinks they should be. And, uh, I just love watching him play. It's just, it's just a joy. I can't believe he managed to sign him. It's brilliant. Yeah, totally. That's a great answer. And yeah, what's he doing winning all those headers? I had no idea he was, a, you know, a prime Marcel Desailly in the air. Completely dominant. It's nuts. Um, yeah, um, Doug, that pass that Thiago made that led to Mohamed Salah's goal, that, that pass where he was looking to the right, I don't know why more professional players don't do this i don't know why it it, it hasn't really um I've, I've wondered about this for years actually since ronaldinho because it's such a funny thing to do is to look right and pass left um and it flummoxes defenders every single time because they're not used to it and you know i don't know why they why players don't do it more often but that pass that sort of where he was looking to the right and he he threaded it um you know um my best friend's grandmother was you know a master seamstress she was you know really a true master she she was a seamstress during the second world war um she managed to invent a new way of of making suits uh, I told you I would go off on tangents today. Um, and uh, a new way of making suits, of sewing suits that would save um, about a yard of material. And it's still in use to this day. She was a very brilliant, very clever woman. And But the way that Tiago Alcantara threaded that pass, she would have been absolutely proud of him. Um, because just that pass, we need to talk about it, Doug. It was gorgeous. It was. It was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, this this is the thing, you know, Thiago, I think, is now, you know, our best our best midfielder, um, you know, for you know, for passing movement. I mean, you know, Alonso, like we, we can we can obviously talk about past midfielders that we've had at the club. Like Alonso had a had a, had a vision about him about passing. You know, Mascherano really, really hard tackling uh, as well. But Thiago Alcantara, I mean 
we've obviously known about his, you know, his about his passing uh, movement, but he just he just gives us something different in that midfield, and he's going to be an absolute joy to to watch. And you know, albeit we we, we hope that he you know he stays fit because. I think I think we're going to need him for you know most of the season, and he's just a joy to to watch. And I was so so gutted that that shot that he had. I mean, he just he just doesn't think. He just basically curls it, and it hits the crossbar. And you're just thinking, oh, just imagine if that had went in. Like that would have been his first Liverpool goal. Like it would have been sensational. But he he's such a maestro of a of a of a midfielder. Like. Like a piano maestro, like a, a piano piano maestro play, playing so well. Uh, but Thiago, for me, is just a masterstroke uh, in midfield. And for us to get him for, you know, um, you know, 30 million, 5 million per year is just absolute genius by Jurgen Klopp. Absolutely. He's Rachmaninoff. He's the pianist Rachmaninoff could have been. Absolutely. Um, Brian, Cherdan Shakiri moving on to another real high spot from yesterday, even though it was against kids, of course. Uh, but I loved him coming on. Cherdan Shakiri. he's played, um, if my maths is correct, which it often isn't, but I think it might be correct, 309 minutes of football this season. Um Four appearances, 88 minutes in the Premier League, 121 minutes over two appearances in the Champions League and in the cup competitions, 104 minutes. So it's 313 minutes. I don't know, around then. And he has one goal and three assists. Uh, So it's basically just over three games. Um, If Thiago Alcantara is you know, a god and the greatest player to ever play the game. Um, Cherdan Shakiri, he's he's now challenging Maradona, isn't he? Two assists in two minutes. <laughs> um, yes, obviously. Are you are you like you're so on it, mate? I, I that's exactly what I was thinking last night. We are witnessing the rebirth of Maradona uh in in Shaq Attack. Oh, look, I don't know what it is about Shaq, but I love him. I absolutely love him. I've always loved him. I loved him when he played for other teams. Uh, there's something about him. He's got a mischievous glint in his eye. And, I, you know, the thing that's really impressed me about Shaq, that, that honestly, I'd say give him a new contract now, is, you know, he's taken the fact that he hasn't got many minutes with just absolute grace. He hasn't, he hasn't complained. Anytime he's coming on, he just looks like, the James Miller Milner of attacking footballers. He's looking intensely at the boss. He's listening to everything they say, and he goes out there and he does a job, and he gets on with it. And and more times than not, he he contributes to the game. You know, mo, mo, you know, we I don't think even we've seen the best of him. You know, he hasn't had a run of games. It's you know, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I haven't played football to any level except for on FIFA, where I'm a god. But um, everybody knows you need a bit of a you need a bit of consistency. You need a run to uh to get your to get your rhythm and he's never had that luxury and yet he can still play to a to uh to an exciting level so uh, yeah look he's brilliant i mean i would even go as far as to say he, he deserves a starting spot ahead of you know players like nabby um uh i would i would say because like he 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 we haven't seen him in the team for a protracted period of time and i think now with the way 
you know, that the, the, the season has panned out and the fact that the European football is going to be starting soon, maybe we might actually get to see uh, a bit more of Shaq. But, you know, I, I've only got great words to say about the guy. He's a, he's, he's a brilliant footballer. And he's a, like, is he starting 11? Maybe not, right? But every championship winning team has to have players of real quality sitting on the bench. And that's what he is. Well, it's interesting you should ask the question, is he starting 11? Because this is what I want to move on to a little bit. Because it's not all sweetness and light. As brilliant as Thiago is and uh, as, as, as fabulous as Cherdan's um, cameo was yesterday, there's a lot to be a little bit concerned about, a little bit, I do say, uh, with Liverpool. Because I, I looked at our last uh, 22 results and normally I don't like asking quiz questions on a podcast because it just leads to a lot of dead air when people are thinking but I will allow I will warn our listeners there may be dead air because I'm going to ask you Doug to without looking without checking think about it and how many games do you think we have failed to win in the last 22 in all competitions Doug? Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's eight or nine. Eight or nine that we have failed to win. And Brian, how many do you think we have failed to win uh, since it, uh, 22 games ago was um, the League Cup? Uh, we lost that one on penalties. Including that game, we've played 22 matches. How many have we failed to win, Brian? Maybe 11. You're absolutely right, Brian. Well done. 11. So we've only won 50% of our matches since the 1st of October. Now, this is not something that is, you know, a knee-jerk reaction. This is saying that, of course, it was, uh, I don't know how many games uh, before that that we lost old, um, what's his name? Uh, oh yes, Virgil van Dijk, the best defender in the world. Um, I think I can't see it. It was it was on the other page before, uh, but it was it. It doesn't really matter. The point is, in the last twenty two games, we're going to be without Virgil for the rest of the season anyway. It doesn't matter that in the in the last twenty two games we've only won eleven. And a way that we can improve, Doug. A way that I think we can improve, and I want us to talk about it, because yesterday was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, a way we can improve is I think there's a place for Shakiri against lesser sides, and by that I mean the likes of WBA and Brighton and Fulham, where we only need two protective midfielders. It's just an idea. I'm not putting ideas in Klopp's head, obviously. He's the genius. He picks the team. But I'm just asking, Doug, is there room, in your opinion, for a slight change of tack to bring in Shakiri to help our front three? Uh, or is there another way that we can improve our attack? Because I think we need to. Um, well, I think Shakiri 
Shakiri's best position, I think, was against Lincoln City, where he was just sitting at the sort of the base behind, you know, the 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 front three, um, which I think was uh, that night. I think it was. Uh, I try, I try, I try. I think, I think Harvey Elliott played that game. I think it was Origi, and I think it was Minamino, and I think Shakiri played in that, um, just that pivot behind the behind the front three. I I, I actually think he would be, he would actually be good to maybe change it up a wee bit and you know we've got you know we've got teams like Burnley coming up as well and you know we always seem to struggle to you know beat them as well so I, I think I think if, uh, if Shaq doesn't start against Manchester United then I think you'll probably see him you know start against uh, Burnley um, in all honesty I, like I said I said this last night as well and I think I think looking at it you know I think our front three as much as it pains me to say this, it has gone a little bit stale. Uh, I, like I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to, what, what to. But I, I think they just need to freshen up a little bit. Um, and I think having Shakiri in there, having Minamino in there. I mean, Minamino played his first game in goodness knows how long. I think since the Crystal Palace game, and then you know he he doesn't he, he was on the bench, and then he's you know he's not seen for you know a couple of weeks. We we definitely need to. Uh, to freshen it up. As far as Origi is concerned, I think this is the end for him. Uh, the fact that he didn't start last night kind of says to me that he he'll probably be moved on uh, either either in January or in the or in the summer as well. Um, but I think Shakiri would be very very good to play against teams like Burnley, against Fulham, against Brighton. Just 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 like teams that always play like in a low block. As well, you 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 could argue Manchester United play in sort of a low block as well. So, I I think Shakira would be very very handy for those kind of teams. It's a lovely answer. It's a lovely answer. But Brian, um, I am a bit concerned about this because I've heard a lot of podcasts talking about our defence recently, but. Our defence, we conceded, I mean, if we go back to the 1st of December, we, we conceded none against Ajax, none against Wolves, one against Midtjylland, one against Fulham, one against Tottenham, zero against Palace, one against West Brom, zero against Newcastle, one against Southampton, and one yesterday against Aston Villa, yesterday as we're recording this. And I just think that our defence... Okay, we're conceding one pretty much every game, but no more than one. And I just wonder if you think, you know, Doug said that we, you know, the front three's gone a little bit stale, and I would, I would absolutely agree with that uh, assessment. And is the answer um, just, you know, kicking it in the goal a bit more, which is the most simplistic answer, but I think there might be some merit in it. Um, is the answer simply that Thiago's back, so the number of chances we're going to create is going to go up, um, and therefore we're going to put put some more away? Or is there some other way to get our attack, you know, get the mojo back into the attack? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you with the defence, because uh, I looked at their results as well, and, you know, defence has been doing pretty good, actually, if you, if you look at those those results, considering who's been playing back there. Um, you know, I think it's a bunch of different things. Um, you know, we are now the defending champions and every team is playing like we are the defending champions. It's a FA Cup for every team that goes out where we were the we were trying to get stuff done last season. Um, and even the first half of that um, 
FA Cup last night against a U team, it just felt so familiar. It felt like every game I've watched Liverpool play for the past, uh, I don't know, uh, two, three months. I mean, it feels like most games that we watch now as as fans, we have like 90% of the ball. They have their entire team in their own box and we're knocking it around. And, you know, whereas previously we would just wear them down and eventually they would crumble in the second half. Um, teams are not doing that. They're holding in. They're, I think they've, they've, they've realized that if you want to get something from Liverpool, then you have to be able to hang with them for 90 minutes because if you can't, They'll destroy you, and we will destroy them in the second half. And I, I take your sentiment. I think it's, I think it's, I think you're on the right track. I think with the lesser sides, I think we do need to change it up a little bit. I'm surprised we're not playing a diamond um, against these low blocks and having um, uh, uh, Minamino uh, at the tip um, of the diamond there because. Uh, and him and Bobby interchanging because I I feel like you know the when we play these uh, these games you know the, the these teams allow us to have the ball on the wing, and most of these teams have pretty pretty tall centre backs that can just eat up crosses all day long. So I think you know um, for the most part the way you're gonna um, you beat them is with some you know, a moment of magic and a moment of of brilliance from somebody like Thiago or, or uh, or a, a quick one-two with um, with uh, Firmino. I mean, like Thiago is playing the way Bobby used to play in terms of creativity. You know, he's coming on, he's trying things, he's popping the ball just over defenders' shoulders. He's he's putting that weighted through ball pass straight through traffic, right through the middle of the park where all the players are. It's like it's brilliant stuff, and I think with. Um, I think, uh, as you say, because when we play the big, the, the 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 bigger teams, that they almost have a uh, a necessity for, to come out and play football against us. And when that happens, I fancy our chances against most teams. You know, on the odd occasion when football teams just decide to play against us openly, they get destroyed, and it's great to watch. Um, but for the most part, even with big teams, they just sit back and they think, well, the only thing we can do against this Liverpool side is just tried to counterattack them and exploit their obvious um, weakness at the back. And here's the thing, though. Even though we may not have let in a lot of goals on paper in terms of defence, having that having that kind of defence opposed to our normal kind of defence, that's going to affect our attacking play and how, and how we set up. Um, so I, mean, I suppose it's a long-winded way of saying, yes, I agree with you. And I, and I would interchange Shaq and, and uh, Minamino at the, at, at the tip of a diamond or something like that. But I agree with you. I don't think we need that much cover against uh, the, the lesser sides. Um, and maybe. But how how would your uh, diamond work, Brian? I mean, you know, so you've got if you've got Minamino or Shakiri at, at the tip of the diamond, then is is Firmino in one of the number eight positions, or is he up front? And if he's up front, who are you dropping out of Mane or Salah? Well, no, I mean, I, I would. Uh, oh, sorry, yeah. Um, uh, but, 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 I don't know. I don't know is the answer. But I mean, I just think you know we can't. We don't have to play them all three of them every single game, and we can't play them every single game. Um, so you could have either or. I mean, I would probably drop 
I I don't know Mane or or Salah, one of those two. You know, give them a rest against the kind of maybe the Brightons of this world, whatever. They both they wouldn't be happy with it, but and 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 Bobby and uh, Minamino can can interchange in those positions. But I mean, what the fuck do I know? I don't know. But I would say this: I do think that something they do need to try some new tactics in that respect because I don't know about you guys, but I do feel like I'm watching the same game of football over and over again and whereas before there's been a slight shift in me anyway when i'm watching liverpool play whereas before i've seen this pattern of play a lot and i i wouldn't worry because i think and it's okay we'll just grind them now they will not be able to live with us but i think there's one thing and i feel like a bit of a broken record in this there's one thing that's missing in our game this season i think so that that's really having quite an effect on us and it's the it's the passion it's the press and I, I don't begrudge these guys because, I mean, we've got to remember, it's just such a bizarre world that they're playing through and playing in. And, you know, we as football fans, we expect, you know, we say that we understand and we say that we're patient with the team. But really, let's be honest, we're not. We, we want it just exactly the way we saw it last year and the year before that. And even though it's like they're playing in ghost towns and you could hear the ball echoing off the four corners of these weird football stadiums, we still expect them to play like it's bouncing and there's like 70,000 fans screaming the names. And it's it's like, I don't know, it's like anything. It's like a boxer boxing in an empty stadium. He's, it's not going to be the same. And uh, you look, it's the, the season is panning out exactly as I expected it. I mean, I'm re- I'm, if anything, I'm surprised we're still up there uh, with, the, with the absolute carnage we've had at the back. I mean, it, it was really underscored for me when, when Hendo played back there. I mean, I was there was only so many times he could do that, roll the dice, put put whoever back in centre back and it and it it would work and it didn't work that night and he was only on the pitch I don't know how many minutes it was and I I remember seeing the defender push Hendo um so he was on side he played the whole attacking team on side from that goal that they scored um from um I can't remember which game it was what game did Hendo play was it Southampton um yeah it was it wasn't was it? Southampton yes. yeah I mean I remember the first first set piece they got when when uh Danny scored and I just remember seeing that their defender push Hendo about a yard before the ball was kicked I was thinking oh sweet Jesus this is going to be bad <laughs> and it was and you know we just I think we just got to have to take that into account you know you you, you can't have that many changes at the back and not affect you going forward and how you play but I don't know. I mean, it's. I'm still enjoying it. It. it I mean, it's. It's. It's frustrating at times, but uh, I, I think the team uh, should be applauded at how they managed to navigate this um, this season and uh, and still, you know, still be top of the league. It's. It's some achievement. We are still in contention, and you're right. They do have to be lauded for that, and that's something that. I always hoped is that, you know, since the, the huge injury of Virgil, you know, just and, and Thiago, just hope that by the time Thiago got back in the team and Diogo Jota, um, we would be in contention, and we are, and hats off to the team for doing that. Uh, but Doug, 11 wins out of 22, 
Um, what what are your solutions? I mean, is it the aforementioned Diogo Jota coming back? Who's gonna? Because he was so brilliant before he got injured. Uh, with Thiago, is it as simple as that? Uh, you know, we've got nothing to worry about. Uh, you know, this has been our blip, and now we're going to put a run together. Are you confident, or is there something you would like to change in the way in anything to do with our team and attack or defence? Um, well, I think I think every great team has a blip. And I think we are going to be over our one um, because I can see us beat Manchester United. I think they, I think they, them and their fans need a bit of a, a peg peg down or two because uh, they've been really really arrogant recently. Uh, I mean, I mean the thing the thing is, I, I think with obviously Jota coming back, uh, you know, it, it kind of puts um, less pressure on. You know, Mane, Salah, or Firmino. I mean, you know, everyone was saying uh, that you know Firmino's place was under threat. I mean, I, I, I didn't really agree with that. Um, you know, Jota is another another option. And, you know, if Jota does come back, you know, it could mean we go back to the 4-2-3-1, which, um, you know, kind kind of worked uh, in, in between in between games as well. So, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not worried at all. I, I think we have got a tough one coming up. I think it's, I think it's obviously Manchester United, Burnley, whoever we get in the FA Cup, fourth round, um, Tottenham, um, I think it's then um, City, City or Leicester, I think, it, no sorry, West Ham, uh, then City, then Leicester, so it's quite, it's quite a tricky, quite a tricky we, uh, we, we run with, we've, we've got, but the, the best, the best thing about us is that when we are under pressure, we usually do thrive up for the, for the big games against your cities, against your United, against, you know, your, 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 your Leicester cities um, uh, as well, but uh, away form is a bit of a worry. I'm not gonna not gonna say uh, that it isn't. Um, but every good team goes through a blip, so I'm confident that we are over this blip, and we can basically now put on a bit of a a, a run, and uh, you know, hopefully leave everybody behind. But there are a couple of teams that've obviously got games in hand over us, so. It will remain, remain to be seen. But as I've said, I am confident we are over this blip. Well, I like it. I like. I love your confidence. That's great. And it depends on injuries. But I am inclined to agree with you that this is the end of our bad run. But something that will be important to, to that, uh, because he's so important to the way that we play, is Trent. Um, he was arrested yesterday against Villa. Uh, but against Southampton, he was substituted and he apparently broke a record for giving the ball away something like 38 times in 80 minutes or however long it was before he was uh, finally relieved of his duties for the evening. Um, he looked pissed off. He looked confused as in he doesn't understand what's happening. But I think it's a Com, you know, it's um, a combination of of perhaps COVID that he suffered earlier, and how that affected his preseason. But I've got some stats in front of me. Um, he he's yet to score this season, uh, whereas last season he was averaging 0.11 goals per match, um, per 90 minutes. Excuse me. Um, in terms of assists, uh, this season he's on 0.15 uh, assists per 90 minutes. Whereas last season it was 0.37, so over twice as good last season. Um, chances created this season 1.85, last season 
2.47. Shots. This season, he, he's had more shots, 1.48 per match, but he's yet to score. And last season, 1.25 shots per match. And then open play crosses. He's on 5.17 per match this season, and he was on 6.74 last season. Um, I don't want to make too big of a thing about it, because I believe he will uh, just get through it. It's just a sticky patch, and uh, the season is only, well, I mean, not even halfway through. Um, and, uh, yeah, Brian, um, do we have much to worry about? Do you have every faith that Trent can, you know, regain some of his uh, confidence, some of his swagger, some of his verve and daring do? Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, he's a top player. He's, um, uh, you know, he's, if anybody can get him through this patch, it's our, it's our, um, our plop and, and our setup. Uh, but, you know, he has my favorite youth player, you know, snapping at his heels, uh, Nico Williams, a, a player that I've I've really stood behind at all times on this podcast, as you <laughs> would know. Um, <laughs> and that can't be helping uh, matters. No, look, he's he's obviously he's obviously going through a bad patch at the moment. You know, we all know that. And, it you know, it was pretty bad last game I mean I didn't need to I didn't need the stats to tell to tell me how just how bad it was because you know every now and again when a player gets onto your for one of a better word shit list um you just notice everything that they do in a game unfortunately and in, in that particular game you know it was like when the ball went to him it was almost like those you know sky sports white lights you know that they use that Jamie Carragher uses and, and to, to highlight a player came on him and inevitably, he would just knock the ball, you know, uh, God knows where he would knock it, but he would just knock it, not in the place you want him to knock it to. And, um, you know, at the absolute highest levels, which we are right now, you know, you don't you don't waste the ball at all, ever. You just don't give the ball away. <laughs> it's like you may give the ball away once, possibly twice in a game, and you might get a bollocking for that. But when you're putting it away every single time, then it's an issue and uh yeah i mean he he hasn't really he hasn't really hit form at all this season i don't think it's been stop start hasn't it because there was the rumors that he had covid um you know at the beginning of the season and uh he's playing in the most unsettled back four in probably liverpool history through the weirdest time in liverpool history and he just doesn't seem to be on it really um but you know it I'm cool with it, you know. He, uh, he, we, he'll, he'll get through this eventually. Uh, he's, you know, Liverpool legend already because he's, he's won the European Cup. He's won the, he's won the title. He has a mural. He's a local lad. We all love him. We all support him. We're all behind him. You know, he is he allowed to stink the place out? No, he's not. <laughs> but you know that. But do we have faith in him to to change things around? Absolutely, completely. And I'm I'm not sure if it's going to happen straight away because it's uh, it, yeah he hasn't really been on it. Um, I just think he needs to. When any player is going through a bad run of form, I just think that they they need to concentrate on the simple things initially, and uh, and then just uh, put a run of games together where you, you're no longer the you know the conversation and people quickly forget about these things yeah that's a lovely answer yeah i i i'm in total agreement um he doesn't stack up very much in 
very well in the stats, Doug, but um, he should come through this. I mean, he's 22, which is quite surprising. He's 22 years old and uh, 94. Four days as we're recording this. Uh, thank you to fbref.com, great stat site for that. Um, but uh, yeah, Trent, he's going to come through, isn't he, Doug? Yeah, Trent, Trent Alexander will, will, will definitely come through this this bad spell he's, he's having. I mean, you know, um, you know, Klopp said he has been, you know, suffering from obviously COVID. I think he got that in possibly pre-season, which, which kind of, you know, um, you know, actually said why he was he was missing uh, for. Most of pre-season, but um, yeah, look, I think look the the injury he got against you know Manchester City, um, you know I don't think he's been the same trend as last season, but as you say, uh, as Brian said, sorry that he has been in you know one of the most unorganised you know back fours in, in our recent history with uh, you know so many changes etc. So no, I think I think Trent I think Trent will be fine. Um, I actually thought Neko Williams played really really well last night uh, as well, but. You know, Trent Alexander-Arnold is, is is different gravy. So, but I, I think I think he'll definitely come through it. And uh, yeah, I look that stat about you know giving the ball away you know thirty eight times. Look, I I think I think you have to say that that everyone had a bad night against Southampton, and you know Trent Alexander-Arnold will definitely definitely get through this. Yeah, lovely stuff. I'm in a hundred percent agreement, chaps. Hundred percent agreement. Um. Just a very quick word uh, on Villa yesterday, on their kids, because I think, you know, we should uh, doff our hats, doff our caps. I mean, tip our hats and doff our caps, uh, depending on your style, um, towards them. Because, they, I mean, they did well. They had that, that keeper with a pencil behind his ear most of the match. They had one of them who um, his laces came undone in the first half and he was there on the side of the pitch, sort of struggling with his laces uh, to, to tie them like he'd only just learned how to do it. They arrived by minibus, which is uh, sort of how I travelled uh, to tournaments uh, when I was in the under-12 school team. Um, and, you know, before their bedtime story they all deserved uh, an extra cookie and some warm milk if they wanted it because uh, they were you know plucky um i liked a couple of their players brian um what did you make of them the villa kids man i, I i'm literally i got up and i applauded the final whistle i was clapping in my room here i was like wow unbelievable look at the faces of some of those kids they're just children and they they gave such a good account of themselves. Holy shit! You know, we, we. I mean, I, I wonder, I wonder how much Klopp um, and the team went at this team. I wonder if they pulled the brakes at a certain period of time. I don't know, um, because these these guys are so young. Um, but they uh, they 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 hung out there. They didn't look. They didn't look too much out of place. I mean, we've played some crap teams over the years, and we just destroyed them. And this is was this wasn't one of them. Um, the first half, they were brilliant. They were well organised. They had a go at times, and ah, oh, just brilliant, brilliant. And 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 you know, Jesus, at the end, they were dropping like flies. They all had cramp. I really felt for them. And you know that that's foot I mean that's the romance of football for me you look at that you look at their faces you look at the smiles and their faces when they came out for the second half 
and um, the guy who scored the goal, you know, he changes his jersey with Fab, and then he realizes, oh, this is my debut <laughs> jersey, and runs after him to get it back. <laughs> it was just brilliant. Um, yeah, just just amazing to to a man. They're all they're really 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 great, and I was so impressed with the whole lot of them. And and uh, the goalkeeper. With uh, I seen in your notes there the pencil. I didn't know what that was. I was like, "What's that in his head? What has he got in his head?" He made some absolute brilliant saves. He he made a double worldy. Uh, I think it was in the first half. You know, uh, the ball was like pinging around his box like pinball. And uh, I I I'm telling you, a lot of scouts would have looked at that game. And go, wow, there's a few players in there that we could possibly uh, have in our team in like Division One or. Or even the championship, who knows? But uh, yeah, they were, they were brilliant, and and that for me as a football fan, um, you know, because I, you know, I, I watching Liverpool and watching football are two completely different things to me. You know, L- Liverpool is a complete, it's a sickness, it's a madness. <laughs> I have to do it. Um, watching football is another thing, and I love watching uh, you teams and uh, setups like that. And I, I just thought they were brilliant. They, they and their, their manager could be really proud of them. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah, a few of them caught the eye, didn't they, Doug? Uh, I like their captain, uh, Reven, or uh, was it Reven or Raven? I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. He made a, f- a few great blocks, and I think it was him who, who laid on the pass for for Barry to score. And uh, James Milner looked confused because he was sure that he he played with uh, with Barry's father. You know. Um, uh, what 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 did you think of the the Villa kids? Are there any particular? Do you remember any names that stood out? Um, I thought Villa's kids were absolutely fantastic. They gave a really good account of themselves, and you know, I think they've got. I think all of them have got bright futures ahead of them. Um, I really like the centre back Bridge. I thought he was absolutely outstanding last night. Um, couple of times, you know, when I think there was one when Henderson went through, and you know, he just he kind of shielded the. Uh, the ball out of play, which is, is absolutely fantastic. Louis Barry, of course, will get all the headlines, you know, for scoring the scoring the goal. I love love the wee moment of you know him him and Fab swapping shirts and then realizing his mistake. Uh, but uh, then and then I thought what was really class was actually Fabinho actually said to him, "Oh, just just keep just keep my shirt, just keep my shirt that you, you you've earned it." So love that love that moment. Um, the goalkeeper thought he was he was he was very very good as well. Um, and yeah, Raven, I thought was thought was very very good. I, I was really impressed, and I said this um, I said this last night in my uh, post match review. I said that uh, there'll be teams in the championship, there'll be teams in League One, and there'll be teams in League Two. They'll have had they'll have probably watched that game and thought, yeah, if we want we want players for uh, for our team. We'll, uh, we'll 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 go and uh, we'll go and catch uh, some of them because I I thought that, I thought they were really really good yesterday and you know everyone at Aston Villa should be very proud of of themselves but uh, I suppose I suppose the one thing I will say though about about Aston Villa is I really hope uh, I think all of us send our best wishes to obviously the first team and you know Dean Smith John Terry Craig Shakespeare to obviously get well soon because um, obviously. Obviously, we all know about this dreaded, you know, virus going through going through teams as it is. But uh, but no, I thought I think Aston Villa's kids should be very very proud of themselves. And as as I've said, they've definitely got bright futures ahead of them. All of them were very very good last night. Well said. And yes, we do wish anybody suffering from this uh, dreaded plague um, 
you know, well and, um, you know, swift recoveries. Uh, by the way, if anyone, you know, listening, I mean, the the discerning listener of Copon will know this, but you have to wear masks, you have to social distance, and you have to wash your hands and do all of the good stuff, okay? Because if you do, you're sexy. And if you don't, you're a bozo. So just, you know, that's the official cop online for that. Um, okay, enough about yesterday. Let's <clears throat> look at the bigger picture. Let's look at the bigger picture. And a question, the question of the week that I've been thinking about is how long do we have left of this team Um you know, when does the cycle end for this team? Excuse me, Windy Pops. Um, I've got the ages of our squad in front of me. The oldest by a country mile is James Milner. James the Machine Milner, 35 and five days. Happy birthday, Millie. Uh, uh, second on the list is Adrian, who, let's face it, is out of here very soon. Third on the list is Jordan Henderson, then Jeannie Vinealdum, who are both 30. And then in the 29, the 29-year-olds in our squad, we've got Tiago, Virgil, Joel Matip, Bobby Firmino, Chernan Shakiri. The 28-year-olds are Mane and Salah and Alisson, just 28. The 27-year-olds, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Fabinho, and 26 years old and 304 days is Andrew Robertson. So you can separate our, if you can separate our squad into the under-26s and the over-26s, I've just read all of the over-26s in our squad. And my problem with that is that so many of them are absolutely key to what we do. Um, because in the list of under-26s, I would say there are only four players who I think are sure to have a good career with us. Uh, one of them's Trent Alexander-Arnold, pretty obviously. One of them is Joe Gomez, if he can come back stronger because I think he was struggling before his injury anyway but Joe Gomez I still have faith he's going to come good Diogo Jota has already proved that he's he's got what it takes so I have full confidence in him and apart from the last one on my list is Curtis Jones because I think he has all of the attributes to be uh, a marvel you know a true marvel in midfield um, then we've got a lot of players who might make it. Taki, Nabi Keita, uh, Simikas, I don't think so. Nat Phillips, no. Kelleher, well, he's competing with Allison. If he weren't competing with Allison, I would say yes, but he's unlikely to get a game. Uh, Reese Williams, I don't think so. Nico Williams, possibly. Jake Kane, who's 19, same age as Nico Williams. Nico Williams, um, maybe, and Leighton Clarkson, who's also 19, which surprised me, maybe. He's the youngest in our squad, 19 years and 82 days. Um, I think we're developing a bit of a problem, Brian, in that, you know, the age of our squad, 
I'm not sure. How long have we got left? If if these, you know, most of our best players are 26, between 26 and 30, are we looking at another two seasons maximum of the same team? Um, yeah, no, I, I'd probably agree with that. I mean, I think Diego Jota was the beginning of the transition um, for me. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I've always wanted to, to, you know, before Klopp came along, I think as as Liverpool fans, we we always played that game. What if those players didn't go, and what if all those players played together, and how good we, could we have been? Well, this is what we've just saw. We've saw how good a Liverpool team can be if players don't go, if they play, they carry on playing together, and if we if we add new brilliant players into the already existing brilliant players that we have. And what, when you do that, you you this is where you you find yourself. You find yourself. You know, Barcelona were in the same boat a few years back, or you can argue they're in that now, uh, where you've got, you know, older, older players and uh, a lot of your transfer funds are being used with salaries, um, which is probably one of the reasons why I don't think I think um, um, Genie is not not getting the contract uh, he's looking for, because I think Michael Edwards, who has to be one of the cleverest people in football right now, if not the cleverest person in football, is planning the next team and the next generation. Um, I mean, I think we've got we've got two more years of peak Liverpool with this particular team and the squad and maybe three, maybe at a stretch. But in that period, I think key positions will be will be addressed one or two at a time, not like massive it's not really cop style to make lots and lots of signings and wholesale changes he he likes to do it drip 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 slowly surely i mean the diego uh jota uh signing was sensational it was like a player of, of similar quality to uh our um our, our front three but perhaps not quite there but you know he immediately showed that he could be there or is there and could you know could take over the mantle from those guys if one of them should leave and i i would not be surprised if um you know the the the, the transfer window is still open liverpool for me have just been pulling off major transfer coupes now for the past two three years and like fabinho who saw that coming nobody saw that coming it was just announced one day he signed for liverpool and we we're like wow okay so maybe there might be a signing coming in this window there may not be but I have complete faith in Klopp and uh, Michael Edwards that uh, over the next two years, whilst we're still getting the absolute best out of this team, we will be going out into, into world football and handpicking the absolute creme, the cream of the crop in terms of players and slotting them into the places that they need to be. Because um, Klopp has already mentioned a number of times in various interviews that he is all about setting the club up like he's not one of these managers. He's not like Whiskey Nose, who ran that club into the ground, ran that team into the ground, and left it absolutely in tatters. So whoever felt, whoever came after him, would would make him look like a genius because he just had that that squad was so shit and so old. Um, Klopp has come out and said many times that you know if he ever was to to leave Liverpool, God forbid he would make sure that it's in very, very good hands and, and in, in good stead in terms of the squad. So I think you're right to bring it, draw attention to it because we were always the young team. We were the, you know, the past four or five years, we were the team, oh, you know, this team hasn't even peaked yet. This team's going to get better. It's going to get more experience. But now we're there. We're at the actual sweet spot 
of of experience. You know, these players are 26, 27, 28, 29. These are the years that people tend to knock about as the best years of footballers' lives. But, you know, footballers are healthier and healthier and healthier with each successive generation. So they're, they're going longer and longer. So I think comfortably we've got two years of peak Liverpool with these guys, easily three, I would say. And three years and, and I don't know, six transfer windows, that's that's more than enough time for Michael Edwards to work some magic. And I think, you know, I'm, I have to say I'm quite impressed with Liverpool, how mature and responsible and prudent they've been. I mean, we as fans, we're all banging a drum very loudly, get the signings, we want some signings. But uh, these guys are just so shrewd. They're so they've they've run that our club so well, and um, um, and they're not putting our club at risk in in such unknown times where we you know the the arse of football is just financially has fallen out of it. I mean, I think I don't know if we've spoken about here or, or it seems to have flown under the radar, but. Um, Something like forty percent of all the revenue for the um, the English Premiership was reneged by the Chinese uh, TV deal, which they just point blank refused to pay, um, and that's a massive hole, you know. With the even when you know you take into account that there's no uh, fans going to the stadium, so that's like three million um in revenues for us anyway every every uh, every home game, and then you have that massive money that's just dropped out completely so i think you know they just have to be uh, smart i mean um you know so yeah i i think i think we're going to be okay i mean I, I if we don't get any players in this particular window i won't be happy about it but it won't worry me as long as next summer um we address we we address the positions that we need to address because we do obviously need to make you know i would say up to five four or five signings to to have the next generation of players come true so that was a little bit long-winded <laughs> that's okay thank you brian you 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 mentioned um uh, lots of interesting things there thank you very much because uh, i didn't realize about this chinese deal i was sort of um trying my best to multitask and uh, I failed a little bit so I didn't quite understand absolutely everything that you just said but that uh, because that TV deal you were talking about there's an article here from the 3rd of September last year that the Premier League has terminated its lucrative TV rights contract in China two years early uh, which apparently was worth 564 million pounds so that's a heck of a lot of a, a financial blow so yes we don't know they they had the they had the, the premiership in China for two years, and the first payment was due last year, and they just reneged on the deal. They just said no, and they wanted to renegotiate the deal, and the premiership, you know, the 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 premiership said no, and they couldn't come to to an uh, agreement, and that money was already in the books of uh, the premiership. Um, uh, teams, right? They were they were counting on that money, um, and so that money just disappeared overnight. And it's the biggest TV deal, like you know, the most money in in football is TV money, and that's the biggest deal. And it just went. And I I mean, you know, I don't know if it's been replaced or whatever, but that's going to make a huge difference to how uh, teams plan out their uh, their windows. I mean, people look at Chelsea and go, oh, but you know, but Chelsea's buying all these players. But Chelsea hadn't bought players for, for two or three seasons. It seemed like at least two seasons. They were playing low ball for a long time and they were banned from the last um, uh, transfer window. So, you know, they they were playing catch up. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. But 
yeah, I think I, you know, Michael Edwards. You'd have to think that he, he, if we, if it's on our radar, it must be on his radar. Oh gosh, yes. I mean, his radar is, you know, with the one of the most finely tuned instruments. I mean, the since uh, Tiago Alcantara's violin, uh, uh, Doug. Um, uh, we we have apparently signed a one year deal. I say we. Uh, the Premier League has nothing to do with us. Uh, the Premier League has signed a one-year deal with a company called Ten Cent, hopefully for more than ten cents. <laughs> uh, in China, the broadcast deal with them. Uh, excuse me, that's awful. Um, but the uh, yeah, but the the general question, Doug, the life cycle of this team. How long do you think we can continue? I mean, in terms of the prime, we've had two years of, of, of glory, really. I mean, 97 points, only second place, but the Champions League, and then 99 points and the Premier League. Um, but now, 11 wins in 22 matches. Have we already peaked, Doug, or do we still have a couple of years left? I would, I would, I would worry if we didn't sign anyone in the in the summer. Um, and then, like, obviously, I, w- I wouldn't be worried if we didn't sign anyone this January. Because um, I think, I think we'll probably get players back. Uh, you know, towards obviously, you know, February, March time. I would think. Um, I do think there are a couple of players in that team. I think that will probably finish their careers. Uh, like obviously, James Milner will finish finish his career. I think Henderson will finish his career. So I think, you know, there's, there's definitely some players that will definitely, you know, finish their careers. But obviously, you know, Salah, Salah is, is one, I think, that's going to be, you know, a, a big target for, you know, your Real Madrid or your, you know, your Barcelona's this uh, this summer. Um, it's all a case about, who, you know, who comes in. I mean, there's been, you know, there's been heavy talk, obviously, about, obviously, you know, Jadon Sancho coming in, Haaland's possibly coming in as well. So, you know, I think I think we do have maybe one or two more years uh, with this with this team, um, and you know Jurgen will want to keep winning things. There's, there's no there's no denying that. But uh, yeah, I mean the age the age of the squad is you know is is a bit worrying. And as as you said, like Reese Williams, Nathaniel Phillips, I, I'm just I'm just not sure they're going to make it. Unfortunately, um, basically. Williams's pace is a bit of a worry, and you know Phillips's pace is a bit of a worry. It kind of says it all when you know Reese Williams is out with Kidderminster Harriers on loan last season, and obviously you know, Nathaniel Phillips was at uh, you know Stuttgart as well. So you have to wonder, you have to wonder about that. But um, no, I think I think we've probably got one or more, one or two more years of of, the, of this of this great team uh, before we have to make some uh, some changes and. As, I, as Brian said, I have every faith in Klopp and Michael Edwards to, you know, get the players that we, that we need. Well, that brings me on to my next thing quite neat, neatly. My last question of today um, would is about Jurgen Klopp. Um, he said that we're probably not signing a defender. Um, he mentioned finances. And there, there is a large enough section of Liverpool fans, I think, that... Um, overplay and overstate Jurgen's media game. Um, I think most of the time he's he's just really honest. Um, I really do. I don't think there's there's too much skullduggery. Sometimes maybe, but when it comes to transfers, I just think, okay, he could change his mind and the situation can change. But I think he's being honest that 
um, COVID has changed the game. Um, we're probably not signing a defender in January. And assuming, Doug, I'm going to stay with you, assuming that we don't sign anyone in January, how disappointed would you be? As, as, I've, as I've just said, like I, I wouldn't be too uh, too worried. I mean, if we are to obviously, you know, have one more injury to, you know, the back line, then, you know, I, I think there's no there's no thing about it. But we, we can't rely on Matip uh, as, much, as much as it pains me to say that because Matip, he's a fantastic defender, but his, his career has been rid- ridiculed by injuries. So I, I wouldn't need to be too worried. It all depends, and obviously we do get an injury to you know one of the one of the back four. Um, but I mean, I don't know if Klopp is, will want to persist with you know Reese Williams and Nathaniel Phillips to you know come in and you know do a job. And you know, unfortunately, life is life. We're we're going to be without Van Dijk, uh, and and who is a big big part of you know our back line, and you know Gomez uh, as well. But um. I mean, Fabinho has been fantastic at centre back as well. It's just, it's just all a case of that one centre back partnership beside him. Henderson is not the answer to centre back, and I think we all know that. I think we obviously need Henderson in in the midfield uh, for sure. So I wouldn't be too worried in saying a that saying a centre back. Um, even even if it comes to deadline day and you know, someone gets injured, then you know we might have to. You know, get a loan deal in, but even then, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too, wouldn't be too worried uh, at all. But uh, it, it, it'll be interesting to see what he does in January. And uh, as I've said, the January window is not the best um, anyway. So, uh, but we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. But to answer your question, I would not be too worried at all. Well, okay, thank you, Brian. Do you agree? I mean, can we stay competitive if we don't sign a defender? Um, no, I mean, I, um, no, I am worried. Uh, I'm completely, the complete, and that's not like me to be, I'm a kind of glasses half full kind of guy. Um, most of the time I'll, I'll accept it for sure because needs must. And, and I, and I, uh, I trust, um, the people who run our club and, and they know best. And, and so I defer to their better judgment. Um, but it, it would worry me um in terms of doing something this season if we don't sign anybody because god forbid anything happens to Fabinho if if Fabinho pulls a hammy or or you know can't play every single game I mean we're screwed we're absolutely screwed because Fabinho has been playing like Virgil van Dijk you know since he's gone in there it's just it's amazing what he's what he's done and um it's a testimony to him that we are not that worried about our defence. You know, we're looking back at uh, the last, you know, 10, 15 games and saying, well, actually, it's not the defence that's the problem. It's really the, it's the attack. And I think that's all down to him. Him and Alisson, you know, they're just such commanding figures out there. He has the same kind of presence that Virgil has. You know, it's like, it's OK, I've got this. And uh, if he, he took him out, if you took him out of that back four, all hell would break loose. I just think it would be an absolute disaster. And if you know, can you imagine a, a back four of uh, Nat Phillips and uh, 
I don't know, Nico, Nico at right back or even Trent. It's just it's the current trend anyway. It's uh, doesn't bode well. But, you know, if they can make a signing, I, I really it, I think I mean, I, I don't know. I've not heard a single thing about Joe Gomez. I have no clue if if we if what's going on with him or if we could ever see him back this particular season um there was a couple of there was a couple of uh really positive posts with verge um a couple of weeks ago and there was some kind of uh, noises being made that maybe he might be you know you might see him before the end of the season and uh the the national um manager was saying we're hoping to see him in the summer so i don't know but um you just look at i mean i think i think um seeing uh what really done it for me was seeing hendo back there and Hendo's one of those footballers. I mean, he is a complete footballer. He's been he's been playing Premiership football since he was seventeen, and he's played all kinds of positions. So if anybody can play uh, centre back in those in our team, uh, it or you know could do a very you know a decent enough job there, it would be him. But he he in the kind of finer details of that position he was left wanting dramatically you know he, he could tell that he just wasn't familiar with that role and uh, you know I I would be over the moon if we could sign any kind of player uh, in there just to get because if we don't sign that player I think we're going to be on edge for the rest of the the rest of the season because once the once the Champions League starts again um, I mean so far so good but can, can we carry on doing that? I don't know how many games we have until the end of the season. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's a lot. <laughs> so I don't think we have enough um, there. We've we've managed to get by with what we've got, but how long we can keep doing that is another thing. I'm inclined to agree with you in terms of it would not be ideal at all. Um, oh, well, I never want to see Hendo at centre-back again, uh, but... It would not be ideal at all if we don't sign a centre-back because I do worry, yeah, I worry about Fabinho getting injured. I, I really do. Um, but also, I, you know, as I said before, Joe Gomez's form before he got injured was not great. And I think that with all being well, even if he had stayed fit, we might have looked at him as someone we could possibly improve upon. Having said that, of course, I do have faith that he will turn his form around when he comes back and he will come back and be a, a super player because he's only 23 and he's got, what, five years more of learning the um, the centre-back game uh, from some of the best coaches in the world. So, yes, I do think he can, he will actually improve. But in the short term, for the rest of this season, I would feel a lot more comfortable with uh, a really good centre-back. Um, I do think we're light there. Anyway, that brings us to the end of this show. Doug and Brian, thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining me. It's been really interesting talking to you, as ever. Uh, absolute joy to talk to you both um, about, uh, the, you know, the mighty Reds. Um, I will probably, I'm sure we'll be back before Manchester United to give a little preview, but... Um, based on how you're feeling today, uh, what chance, what percentage would you put on a Liverpool victory against United? I'm going to say, I'm, I'm confident, I'm going to say it, there's an 86% chance of a Liverpool victory because I, I think 
Tiago is back, Jota's going to be back, maybe Matip is back. And if all three of those are back, I'm going to say actually 92%. I'm that bullish. Doug, what about you? Uh, I'm going to say 95% because I am very confident going into this game. Um, the reason is that like United, for me, I, I know that I know that they're obviously you know second right now, but that that run can go on. Um, I think they've been quite lucky. In all honesty, I think they've been very very lucky with the the way that results have gone gone for them. So I I reckon that we will we will win that one probably three one or two nil possibly. Uh, but yeah, I've I've got every every confidence in us in us beating Manchester United. I'm going to say ninety five percent. Well, I've been outbulled. Very good. Um, uh, Doug is the, is is the Michael Jordan to my Scotty Pippin. Um, how are you, Brian? I mean, are you are you the Dennis Rodman of the team? What are you going with? What percentage are you going with? I am the Dennis Rodman of the team. I'm a mad bastard. I'm going a hundred percent. I am all. They have two more games to play this week before they play us, and. I've already got my head in the game. I'm getting up at five o'clock in the morning. I'm going to be drinking raw eggs. I'm going to go and start punching meat in a in a in a in a Rocky style freezer somewhere. Just focused on Ollie <laughs> Golovkin's gobbling like face. It's going to be carnage. They're going to they, they as as Doug quite rightly pointed out they've been lucky jammy bastards they're an absolute shit team and they they just park the bus and hope to score long goals and it's it's going to be beautiful and when they come to our ground even though there's no fans there we're going to show them exactly how to play football and i predict it's going to be 6-1 <laughs> <laughs> We've been well and truly outbulled by the Dennis Rodman there. It's a marvellous way to end. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to dream about that. 6-1. Let's hope. Let's hope so. <laughs> Fing- finger- fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But I'll, just, I'll just end by saying that they are an average team without Bruno Fernandes. Without Bruno Fernandes, they are average at best. Let's cut him in half. First minute of the game. Bosh. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not the Ev. We're not the Ev. But I, I honestly, I, I think it, looking at Bruno Fernandes, I'll just bring it up here. His passing accuracy, I always look at it. I'm sorry to bore you because I always look at it. But I think it tells you how good a player is really in midfield in terms of keeping the ball. And his passing accuracy is is around about if i can find it here hang on give me a just a minute just a minute there passing completed 72 percent bruno fernandez that passing accuracy 72 percent my point is if you compare tiago alcantara his passing accuracy is um, obviously, slightly different position, of course, I know that, but it's another 17%. And of course, they're, they're different players. But um, my point is, Bruno Fernandes is going to give the ball away a lot. He tries 10 Hollywood passes a game, and he's allowed to because everyone knows all of the other Manchester United players, apart from Rashford, are average at best so they give him the ball and he's allowed to do whatever the heck he likes and this is one reason why I think Klopp was put off signing him because he's far too individualistic he tries 10 Hollywood balls a game one of them comes off 
One of them is a brilliant pass. It ends up being an assist. Um, Manchester United often get penalties by running into defenders and falling over. And referees fall for it all the time. They, they all appeal at the same time. And the ref is like, oh, yeah, it's a penalty. Uh, weaklings. Um, but Bruno Fernandes is going to give the ball away a lot. And that is our moment to pounce. And pounce we will. Yes, Brian. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I completely agree. But yeah, but as you say, but Fernandez, um, he is everything. He he's absolutely everything in the way that team play right now. He makes everything happen. And as you say, uh, half the time he doesn't make things happen. And actually, he's not been in the best of form um, lately. But you know, whatever, whatever they throw at us, you know, I'm I'm. I'm supremely confident going into that game. It's going to be brilliant. I'm looking forward. I'm already looking forward to it. And they have, they have a couple of games between then and now to play, and we have a whole you know week to to train. Um, so bring it on! It's going to be awesome. And they have a fridge yeah. at centre back as well. They have a what? They have a fridge at centre back. Yes, absolutely. They have a fridge, uh, and uh, yeah, if Lindelof plays, they got the freezer as well. Um, Thank you very much, guys. Uh, it, it's been a real pleasure. Have a great evening, um, and you know, in Hong Kong, in Scotland, uh, and I'm going to have a nice evening stroll now here in Spain. Thank you very much. Uh,